Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And the CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is joining us. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how a new Visa partnership is offering crypto payments in over 40 countries worldwide. As Coinbase CEO was in Washington, D.C. yesterday, looking for insight on crypto regulation. The SEC's attack on our industry is only beginning as new evidence reveals several impending lawsuits are in the works. As Paxos responded to allegations of selling unregistered securities, stating they're ready to fight for the truth. There was a historical update for the XRP army this week as Ripple is claiming the United States is ready to consider XRP as security code. We break down the details showing our community proof of big banks being signed up for Ripple behind the scenes. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we've got some breaking, breaking news today in the Ripple XRP lawsuit. But before we get into it, my friend, how are you feeling? And thanks for being here. <laughs> Mute button got you, Roto. Well, Abs, that's great to hear. While we got breaking news there, I was breaking the throne, but everything's good now. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. I just want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys and appreciate you guys showing up every single day. What a great day. Look at all this hair. God, so many guys. Are, you got Gaza with the hair. Selman's here. Is growing nice hair out there, guys. Love you guys. Can't awesome, wait. Selman. Johnny's a little upset you're not bald anymore, but me, I think you're looking great, my friend. How you feeling? Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, man. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to all the couples out there. Well, well, the biggest gift we all received today on um, on Valentine's Day was the CPI data, and uh, we're going to discuss a lot of cool stuff today. So uh, tune in, buckle up, and let's get started. Awesome, guys. And Gonzo, I hope you had a great vacation this weekend. We definitely missed you yesterday holding it down in the live chat, but thank you for making time for us. How are you feeling, my friend? Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Shelly. She's going to see us later. I love you very much. It was a great weekend. I totally disconnected from crypto and all my electronics. So early this morning when I got up, I was kind of trying to play catch up. So uh, it, it's going to be a great show. And, you know, whatever I miss, I'm sure you guys are going to fill me in. Awesome, guys. We're going to get the show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. 2,828 followers right now. Little symmetry. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in moderate or neutral this morning, sitting at a 50 flat. But when you look at the daily movers, green bubbles across the board and some of the largest daily movers we have, GRT is up 15% and Ethereum is up 5%. We check out the daily uh, total coin market cap this morning. We are sitting at 1.02 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is sitting at 22,000. Ethereum, 1,500. XRP is 37 cents. Cardano, 37 cents. Litecoin, $94. Chainlink is seven bucks. And we're going to scroll down to Quant Network, sitting at 135 this morning. And Gonzo, we didn't hear from you yesterday, so I'm kicking it right back to you, my friend. I tried to short a project in the market yesterday, and you know the mistake I made. We had BNX pumping from $50 to over $180 in just a six-week time period. And when I found out about this, I immediately went to BitTrue to go short this project, only to find they didn't have a, a way for me to actually short it. So I missed out on a good opportunity there. But what projects stick out to you, Gonzo? And then we'll continue with the show. Yeah, I think that, you know, we, we had a major correction uh, over the weekend, and then we had the CPI print. We're going to talk about that. It came in higher than expected, but the market's still kind of digesting that. And what I think you're going to see is some of the same narratives that ran before are going to continue to run, right? So you had the AI tokens that pulled back. Those are going to run. 
because they're still very speculative. Renders running. Um, I had a trade that was in Lido that was going the wrong way, but now I'm kind of back up and I'm positive. So I think some of the same narratives we saw before, the ZK roll-up narrative with layer two solutions, AI, uh, and, and you know, and some of those other projects. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got 171 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and bear with us on this audio here because we are going to show you a clip of Kevin O'Leary defending himself with the FTX news. The audio is a little bit difficult to hear, so bear with me. 40-second clip. Here we go. You saw Gensler make the move last week against staking. He's on a war path, and he's backed by a lot of people now, including people like me, who want to see regulation. We want to see some guardrails. I'm tired of going to the Hill for hearings every six months for the next crypto company that blows up and goes to zero. Everybody's sick of that. It's now time for regulation. I hope you can get some of your money back, Kevin. Best way to end the clip right there. I hope you get some of your money back, Kevin, because you sound a little bit bitter. But Johnny Crypto, I know the audio was difficult, so I wanted to start the video with that today. What does it mean to you, Kevin O'Leary, calling out for regulation while the Fox Business host is saying, Kevin, I hope you get some of your money back? <laughs> yeah, obviously that, that guy's retarded. I would not be. After the amount of money everybody lost because Kevin was selling people to get into it, he should have done his homework before he was hoping Kevin get his money back. But I do, I have to say that I do agree with, with, with Kevin in one instance that we do need regulation. We've been saying it on this show forever. Um, and so I think we're going to get it. The problem is we're not getting regulation now. What you're getting right now is uh, enforcement from the SEC for not giving clarification on, on what is, you know, what is possible, what isn't. So people are so confused and all over the place trying to figure out what the hell do they need to do. And when they go to the SEC, we know what happens there. You get slapped with a lawsuit. You yep. don't get an answer. You get a lawsuit coming out of it. So you really, if you're a crypto company, you're kind of sitting there like saying, what the freak do I do? I go to the SEC, I get sued. I don't go to the SEC, I get sued. Well, what the hell? You already know what's going to happen. You're most likely going to get sued. It's very, very challenging times right now. So really, the, the answer here, Abs, is not the SEC. The answer here is Congress. Congress has to put some rules and regulation in place. They've been talking about it for a year and a half. But has anybody seen a bill that's made it to the president's desk yet? No. Unfortunately not, Johnny Crypto. And we got an interesting update from Jeremy Hogan. I'm looking forward to showing the breaking news for today. As Ripple is claiming they forced the SEC to admit XRP is software code, not an unregistered security. But I think there's a path we should take before we get to that conversation. And the best place to start right here, Selman, is with Jeremy Hogan admitting he was wrong about United States regulation. We're going to let this 18-second clip play and go right back to you, my friend. Here we go. What I'm going to tell you in the next 15 minutes or so is that I have found that the SEC has a long-term plan for regulating crypto in the US and it's not good. It's actually pretty scary. And no matter what crypto you own, you are not safe. Okay, kids, that's the summary. Go back to playing Halo now. Boom, long story short, people are worried about the SEC coming after many of the projects that we consider to be operating lawfully today. We saw what happened with Ripple and it's funny because the Ethereum community, the Cardano community, they were very critical of calling Ripple an unregistered security here we have karma coming full circle as Gary Gensler is knocking on the back door, specifically with projects like Cardano that are offering stable coins and things of that nature. So Selman, what do you think about Jeremy Hogan stating he's changed his sentiment on United States regulation because Gary Gensler is on a warpath? It's, it's just like a, last time when I checked, Gary Gensler talked about the, the staking case, right? That, you know, Kraken was fine, et cetera. $30 million paid by Kraken. That was insane. And um, Gary Gensler stated that their job is to protect investors. And the funny thing is they're actually um, like staking is worldwide accepted. Right. And, and, you know, even European countries are pretty good with uh, staking all of that. There are clear regulations now and many countries, UAE is also super crypto friendly. And then there is, the United States of America, completely against like innovation. And so you clearly see um, who they're backing. They're not here to support you and me, not retail, retail investors. They, he didn't say retail investors. He said investors and pretty much institutional, right? They're their own best friends. And so that was really sad to see that the staking is pretty much giving opportunity for retail investors to stake mm -hmm. and earn some cash. What is wrong with that? Like, you know, the fundamental scary, you know, exactly. You were a professor at MIT. You know what staking is and what they're doing. They're not 
I know, I get it. Gary said, you know, they need to um, basically tell whether they're lending the money, whether they're really uh, like setting up notes and just validating them and taking some percentage out as commissions, right? Okay. And that was exactly what the co-founder of Kraken, the CEO of Kraken actually said. He said, oh, wow, I didn't know that it's just paperwork I should have done and I'm done. So you see, there is a major uncertainty in the United States. And this is why many projects, especially until there is clear signs, clear uh, regulation in the U.S., many projects will move out. I'm telling you, and it's uh, United States is losing so much power here. Short term, they want to gain power, but I feel like long term, they're giving up so much giving up on so much potential. Gonzo, and I'd yeah. like to get some additional thoughts from you because we have a video to show of Gary Gensler claiming that Kraken just paid $30 million because they forgot to fill out a form, but we're going to break down some more details on that. Before we do, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think we're looking at some short-term pain, uh, but in the long-term, crypto is super resilient, right? That's why we're here. That's why we're invested in it. They're just going to push us towards decentralization, uh, and crypto is going to just become stronger, and it's, and it's going to keep growing, right? It's not going anywhere. You know, Gary Gensler goes out and gets in front of the media and to the laymen that don't understand or not in the market, he makes it seem like, oh, all you got to do is come in and you got to register. But we learned from CryptoMon, from Hester, that even if they wanted to register and they came in, there is no clear path, right? When they apply for these things, they get rejected. So he makes it seem like it's real easy. Like all you got to do is come in and fill out a form. But when they go in to meet with them, there is no clear path. And then they get that Wells notice, right? Which is what... Paxos got is the Wells notice saying that there's an intent to sue you. And if you look statistically speaking, when you get a Wells notice, you're supposed to be able to give you like a 30 day grace period where you can rebuttal why you're getting sued and try to kind of defend yourself. But it's not supposed to be 100% that you're going to get sued. But if you look at the statistics on that, if you get a Wells notice, they don't care what you say, you're getting sued, right? And so that's why the markets reacted the way it is, because it's probably a given that even though Paxos is going to stop creating BUSD, it's going to still get sued. You know what? And there's so many rumors swirling about Circle that I'm looking forward to diving into a couple of those today. As Ben Armstrong is claiming, if you think the SEC is going after Circle and USDC, then they have you right where they want you. The SEC is not going to kill USDC. Instead, they're paving a way for this to be the chosen stablecoin, Johnny. And I wanted to dive into some more news, but let's start here. What do you think about Ben stating that the SEC wants you to think USDC is going away, when in reality, this is the stablecoin they're going to be working with? I mean, you know... It kind of makes sense, USDC, and we know who they're partnered with, right? I don't have to remind everybody that they're partnered with the number one company in the BlackRock. There you go. So I mean, when you put two and two together, I totally agree with Ben that I believe that that you know most likely that is the I believe that USDC is protected like like the golden child, and uh, nothing will happen to it. So, uh, but of course, they're always going to create some fud around it. They're not going to let you know. Um, but so yeah, the reality is. Uh, from that perspective, but it is, it is interesting. You know, I would imagine, and, and it's funny, too bad you didn't play the clip where Gary's like, yeah, all you got to do is fill out the form. It's on our website, you Good know, and, cause it is like, that. he makes his sound. Yeah. This is like, great. It's like eight seconds. Just play that for everybody. Both of you, Johnny. And the thing I want to preface before we play this clip is Jeremy Hogan said, I spent a couple of days looking for the simple form. The sec is stating on their website. Once I find it, all those $500 an hour securities are going to be worth it. But we're going to let this short clip play here and go back to Johnny. Here we go. Firms crack and new these firms crack and knew how to register. Others know how to register. It's just a form on our website. If only it was that simple, Johnny Crypto, then how would the SEC be making billions during these lawsuits? But let's continue with the conversation before we kick it back to Selman. What do you think about Gary Gensler's statement here? It's just a form. On the website, you know, you miss it. You pay $30 million. That kind of thing. Like, come on. It obviously is not just a form on the website. It can't be that simple. I would imagine smart people like Nexo. You know, in fact, uh, Nexo, I reached out and talked to somebody at Nexo Abs. And, you know, they, they also tried working with the SEC endlessly trying to get staking uh, approved in the U.S. So it's true. It's what Gonzo said. You submit the form, and, and that part's probably true. There probably is a form in the website. But you ha- it has to get approved, and that's the problem. They don't, they're, no, they're not approving anything. They keep denying everything. They keep suing everybody. And that's why we look at this, and we it's the smart ones. We all kind of know what's going on here. 
they are obviously, you know, uh, manually, if you will, for lack of a better word, hindering the adoption and growth of crypto because all they got to do is rubber stamp it. And they're not rubber stamping. They're not stamping. They're not approving anything. They're stopping everything. And, and if all, and you're right, if all Kraken has to do is put the risks out of staking, which, you know, it's not that hard to do. They're all defined. We all know what they are. Boom, done. So that's uh, a bunch of horse bullshit. Uh, the reality is we know, we've been telling you on this show, when Powell came out and said it, that the U.S. was going to take their time and move slowly into crypto. He said it year, uh, two years ago. No surprise here that we're seeing all the actions and behavior of the other regula uh, regulatory government uh, agencies doing the same thing, slow-towing it through crypto. And that's why we're here. And, and that's how we're going to be the whole way it's going to be like this while they fight us. Alex, no. can I add something real quick? You know, say what you want about Bitcoin and feel however you feel about it, right? Because some people believe in it, some people don't. But all they're doing is making it stronger, right? Because if you think about it, the whole reason we got into crypto when we first got into crypto years ago, it was all about Bitcoin, right? It was the trading pair, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they created all these stable coins to kind of bring other people in because we were used to the dollar and everything was pegged to the dollar. So I, I think that Ben is right, that they're clearing a path for USDC and a CBDC. But what they're also doing, their unintended consequence is making Bitcoin stronger, right? Because the trading pairs are going to come back. If you remove all the other stable coins, it's not like people are going to decide to go, okay, they're getting, there's no more stable coins. Let me trade out of my stable coin back into fiat and I'm leaving the market. That's not what's going to happen. People are going to stay in the crypto market. And how are they going to do that? They're going to trade into the Bitcoin pairs. So uh, keep an eye on that. Watch. They're just going to make Bitcoin even more stronger as the trading pairs get stronger. And it's awesome to hear you say that because Kathy Woods agreed with you. She said that United States regulation, it may be terrible for the U.S., but it's great for decentralization. And that's a positive narrative we can put on all the turbulence happening in the market today. But Selman, before I kick it back to you, we got 276 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are yet to show you the breaking news of today. But before we do that, we're going to show you a couple of connections about how Ripple has some of the largest banks on the planet signed up behind the scenes. Selman, I'd love to get some of your comments first. So when we zoom out, actually, Gary is doing a great job. Their main job is to make sure retailers or the you know mass the masses in the United States are not investing crypto at the moment before they really, you know, built their own foundation first. And so if there are many retailers watching Jim Cramer and literally doing what he says, there is still so many people that will trust Gary Ganser as, you know, the chef of the SEC. So um, Kraken is a like an American, 100% American business, right? Just like Coinbase. And Instead of helping them become the monopolies in the space, you know, as of, you know, I would say if you're um, a pr proud American, you would want your own uh, businesses to succeed in this space, right? You don't want China or Europe to succeed. So what happens here is quite the opposite. You're actually punishing them. And Kraken is not dumb. They have partnerships everywhere. I know for a fact that UAE is also included, right? So they're worldwide active everywhere. And these guys are making so much money. Are they stupid enough to hire um, incompetent lawyers? I highly doubt that. They know they hire the best ones in the in the market. And and so if these lawyers don't know how to do the like, if they know that there is no file, so Gary's obviously lying and um he basically says that it's very simple you just go to the sec building and you know talk to an agent they're all friendly etc i mean kraken is not stupid enough to do that on day one right they they want to become one of one of the you know su successful exchanges in america and worldwide so that's all like i can say gary is definitely lying and um let's see how that evolves uh within the next months and years probably they're going to go after Coinbase and other exchanges as well, I would say. Guys, I'm very excited to show you this video of breaking news from Brent, from Ben Armstrong, one of our good friends, BitBoy Crypto, and another popular XRP influencer and educator, Brad Kimes, discussing how right now, currently, we have proof that there are trillion-dollar institutions signed up with Ripple behind the scenes. So we're going to let this short clip play and have a discussion here. Here we go. You know, this gets quite interesting, too, because if you go into that uh, summary judgment, they have pre-allocated contracts, but we don't know exactly how many and to whom. 
And there's lots of speculation about who those pre-allocated contracts of XRP could be too. And it gets quite interesting if we get clarity and then we find out, what's that? Are some of these contracts possibly aliens? <laughs> well, how about central banks? Oh, okay. Well, those are people. Okay. Yeah, those are people too, but sir. Are they people? I think that's debatable. When I look at guys like, well, let me just preface myself. Actually, I'll filter myself. But honestly, Salman, let's kick it right back to you here. We always talk about how Bank of America has publicly stated that after the Ripple XRP lawsuit, they plan on using RippleNet to leverage for on-demand liquidity. And I found an interesting detail yesterday. Gonzo, I know you're going to like this because I found ChatGPT actually helped me out with a little XRP research. I said, what are the largest financial institutions currently working with Ripple? These are the four most prominent names that came up on the list. Santander, one of the largest financial institutions in Europe, is currently using Ripple for cross-border payments. We've got American Express, Standard Charter, and SBI Holdings, but I could make a much longer list if I really wanted to, Selman. What does it mean to you, the video we played, that trillion-dollar institutions are listed in this lawsuit? We're just not allowed to see them. What does that mean to you? This is exactly what we're talking about. You know, the cracking things, staking, it's all... You know, now the news to to avoid some other stuff, but it's exactly what SEC is going after, right? We are talking about Santander, very big bank. And I know SBI Holdings, uh, for a fact, after the lawsuit started, uh, Japan was very very friendly, accepting Ripple, like move move to Japan. We're more than happy to work with you, et cetera. Uh, we see you as a currency and not a security, so you get all the benefits here. And so you see all these banks literally are working already, right? It's all, you can even check out the validator note, notes. You can see some interesting names in there as well from it, from educational like institutions uh, like universities to, you know, uh, financial institutions, there is activity and people are testing and learning. And so if you see this, guys, you know, you're very early when you see price at 37 cents and you see these kind of news updates, th you, this means we're so super early. It's like a supernova. It's it's shrinking and shrinking. Everybody's giving up. And at some point it's going to explode. So, um, of course, no financial advice, but like if, if you're just thinking it's it's reasonable, right? If you do the research and you see what's going on in the markets and outside the markets and politics, et cetera, it, for me, it's just a perfect match. Something's cooking. And uh, yeah, thank you, Apps, actually, for bringing up ChatGPT, et cetera. That's, that's cool. Thank you, bro. I've honestly been using it for a lot of research. I think ChatGPT is slightly better than Google. But guys, we got 301 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Somebody who often comments on our show is called Mr. McDuck. And he says, Gary will be fined and replaced by Hester Pierce. Well, Hester Pierce was actually one of the few SEC employees listed in the library suit. So people often say, oh, she's a good guy. She's on our side. She puts out these statements against Gary Gensler. But the more, the more we dive into Hester Pierce, she's doing the same thing all the elites do. She's telling us one thing while doing another behind the scenes. And it's an example of why we always talk about how all the world's a stage, just like how the digital asset investor does. But Gonzo, open floor here, my friend. What do you think about Hester Pierce possibly replacing Gary Gensler and the fact that trillion dollar institutions are listed in this lawsuit, but we're not allowed to see them? Well, you know, as far as the lawsuit, like, you know, you get this whole narrative that, you know, uh, all this regulation is going to come in and that crypto is going to go away. Well, if it was going to go away, why would you have all these different partnerships? Why would you have all these companies like Visa, MasterCard, American Express? Why would you have all of these companies that continue to invest in the infrastructure if it's going away? That's the first thing. The thing about Gary Gensler is I do think his time is limited. I think he's going to be tied to the next presidential election. Because if you see a lot of this crypto stuff is dividing, and I'm not talking about left, right, whatever, whatever you believe, but if you look at it, how it's being divided, it's being divided against the Democrats are mostly anti-crypto and the Republicans are for crypto, right? And so Gary Gensler, I think his time is limited. It depends on what happens in the next election. If we get another Republican president, right? Where we're gonna start to see these things shift and maybe he gets removed. If he doesn't get removed, quicker than that, right? Because they can't just fire him. He basically has to be removed by the president. Now, Congress can come in, the Republican Congress can come in and they can limit his budget, right? They can tell him exactly what to spend his money on uh, and they haven't done that. So it remains to be seen if they're going to try to reel him in. But for right now, he's just kind of running amok. Johnny, I love this comment here. It said, all I know is at my old age, whatever they attack, 
the mo- that is the biggest threat. And what are they attacking right now? When we look at Jamie Dimon, when we look at all these institutions, not only are they attacking XRP, but specifically they are attacking cryptocurrency. We can debate whether you think it's XRP or Cardano or Bitcoin. But at the end of the day, we know this digital transformation is taking way because we've got validation from almost every traditional bank on the planet. Johnny, I wanted to get some additional comments here. We've said so much in the last couple of minutes. What's on the forefront of your mind? Yeah, it's there's no question about it that it's under attack. The question is, you know, who's going to help fight the other side? Because when it's all one sided, well, it's kind of hard to win a battle when there's too many people pile on one side. And remember, this is not, you know, everybody points to Gary Gensler, Gary Gensler. This is not a Gensler problem. This is not Gensler. This ain't Gensler. He's a puppet. He's a puppet. He's just doing, he's just doing what he's told to do. So he was like, oh, Gensler's got to go. You know what? No, it doesn't help. When Gensler goes, they put the next puppet in place. Guess what? He's going to do what he's told to do, too. So it doesn't matter. If you're hoping out there and you're like, oh, I can't wait to Gensler. No, and no, no, it's not going to help. It ain't going to matter. It doesn't work that way. A puppet does what it's told to do, no matter who the puppet is down there. So the reality is the question that I have isn't when is Gensler going to go. The question I have is when are the, the, the masters who are saying what's going to happen here going to finally say, okay, we're comfortable with crypto now so crypto can move forward. That's when you're going to see a change. And then either Gensler or whoever, whatever puppet's running the thing at the time is going to then change their tune and go a different route. And that's what we have to wait for. Now, we know there's four stages to this whole game of adoption, right? First, they ignore you, then they laugh at you, and then they fight you. And that's where we are now. And it's going to be a while. So we're going to be talking and we're going to be bashing all these puppets in place. And none of it's going to matter until we finally get through this whole then they fight your stage. And then, of course, the last stage will be the good stage, Abs. And that's going to be when they join us. Gonzo, I'm going to pull up a tweet from Mark Yusko in the background, breaking down and expanding on what Johnny Crypto just explained there. But first, I want to talk about this, because the rumors around Circle and USDC receiving a lawsuit from the SEC, they're becoming stronger than ever. So what did we do? We did a little bit of research, and we found that Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, was in Washington, D.C. yesterday. So I'm going to read directly from his Twitter account. This is what he tweeted from D.C. He said, I'm in Washington, D.C., and I had a meeting canceled. So I will be at the Durkinston Senate office building snack bar for about an hour or so. If anyone wants to come and chat about crypto and how to get crypto regulation and clarity this year, I am more than welcome. Well, Gonzo, he actually responded a few hours later. People joined him. He had a good conversation about crypto regulation in the snack bar. I didn't know if this was a joke. I don't know if this was satire, but it turned out he was there. He was having discussions. So really briefly, what does it mean to you that the CEO of Coinbase apparently is trying to make a difference? Well, you know, it's time for him to either put up or shut up. And I think Ben talked about this, right? Because, you know, it's one thing to tweet that you're going to, you know, defend your staking program. But it's another thing that when the SEC comes knocking on your door, that you're going to actually do what Ripple did. And so I hope that he's being honest about that. Um, Because what you could have is Paxos has said the same thing, that they believe that BUSD is not a security and that they're willing to litigate it. Right. And so now you might have the Ripple case. You might have Coinbase with staking. And then Paxos dealing with stable coins, where the SEC now has to fight these major companies on three different you know, fronts. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, I think the circle thing is really interesting because if you think back to last year when um, Binance first delisted USDC and turned everything into BUSD, it seems like it was the start of something, right? Because if you look, not you know, BlackRock controls Circle, but also uh, Kevin O'Leary is a big investor in Circle. And he had that big beef with CZ, right? Kiss of death. Right, exactly. And so it seems like, like, you know, people are assuming that USDC is going to have the same problem that Paxos is, but I don't think so. What's even crazier, if you really want to get conspiracy theoried out right now, is if you look at statistically speaking of what's happening, people are moving out of USDC and out of um, uh, like Paxos, some of the other stable coins. And you know what stable coin they're moving into? Tether. USDC. Yes, Tether, right? So if you really want to get conspiracy, what if they push everybody into Tether and then they collapse Tether, right? You know what? We always I was thinking that the other day. Gonzo, we always talk about regulation by enforcement, right? But how about cautionary regulation? They should be taking some precautions here. They're claiming that they're here to protect investors. If they crash Tether, that could have an impact on the global markets that we are yet to understand. We could have a rebirth between – that would – fully convince people that we need decentralized autonomous organizations because every time we get a centralized entity or policing entity, they destroy these markets. But guys, 
First of all, happy Valentine's Day. And second of all, we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Selma G, I know you had some additional comments. Yep. Where's yours, my friend? So uh, my first question to all the viewers out there, do you think Brian Armstrong is Lex Luthor? Is he going to be someone like, you know, he's calling out for, he sounds like a savior. I'm here for regulation, clarity, et cetera. But that guy was also like pretty much Coinbase was out there saying, dump your USDT, go to USDC, right? It was a clear competition there uh, promoting USDC. The funny thing is we know that BlackRock and Vanguard are invested in Circle. And we also know that BlackRock and Vanguard are also known for investing in companies that they then dump in order to achieve something else like they let them collapse it's like that money is just an investment for something bigger or for regulation etc so i like i don't want to say usdc is gonna crash or something i just want to say we all just because blackrock is invested in that they were also invested in ftx so just because they're invested in there that it doesn't make um doesn't mean that it's definitely you know usdc is the king and another thing that BlockWorks posted last time, I shared this on Twitter as well. Um, in the last three, uh, in the last quarter, when the volatility happened, every single day, Tether made $7.5 million, $7 million, $7.5 million per day in profits. They have done $700 million in one quarter. So that is huge. Right. So definitely check it out. So stablecoin business is huge. And obviously, USDC wants to take that. Right. So there is clear competition. But then Jerome Powell also stated like two months ago, maybe that stable coins are not a risk uh, for the uh, dollar and for the economy. So um, who knows? Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. But definitely tether collapse would be huge. But for years, nonstop, they're talking about a tether collapse. So I'm pretty sure that they know what they're doing and it's not going to happen. FTX was unexpected. Nobody thought of it. And then things happen because they thought their uh, game that they're playing, the criminal setup that they had, no one, no one will discover. We have all the po politicians on our side and all good. But, you know, Tether knows that everybody hates Tether. So they're definitely going to make sure that uh, the mechanism, everything runs uh, perfectly. So I highly doubt that Tether is going to crash. But, uh, of course, at the end of the day, it's it's a wild west at this moment. So, uh, like, there, there could be a big, like, um, support coming from uh, institutions in America like BlackRock, et cetera, to really uh, – uh, influence politics yeah. in in the in the states and then tether has no choice or something i mean we'll see yeah and you know what if there's anything i've learned from three years in this space it's anything is possible you can't rule out any scenario before ripple was filed with the sec i was in this community and i remember that we were the chosen one there was an ipo rumor we went from 20 cents to 70 cents just before the impending collapse. But Johnny, I wanted to read this update for you before I kick it back, because this is something I think everybody should be aware of before we dive into our XRP news. So this is some news out of Congress this morning. It said, if stablecoin issuers are forced to become banks, it would give stablecoins instant credibility and propel the growth of DeFi, a new form of shadow banking, and deepen the connections between a highly regulated banking system and the unregulated crypto economy thereby increasing the chances that a problem in one would spill into the other. So this is interesting. People want the banks to be regulated. Sorry, people want stable coins to be regulated in the same way as banks because they can offer a better yield on your USD, Johnny. So if I took my deposit and I'm making 4% on my Tether or on my USDC, why would I go to Bank of America and get 0.1% and then go to take out my deposits only to find they're actually lending out my money? So I'd like to give you the open floor. What does it mean to you, my friend? That's exactly why Gary just banned staking in the U.S. That's we talked about this yesterday on the show, right? The reason why he's stopping is I can go. I could have gone to crack in the Nexo, and I was getting anywhere from four to eight, ten percent, twelve percent on Nexo on certain things. Actually, some stuff was even higher on Kraken. You were getting up to twenty percent. The majority was around four or five, which is a nice return, a nice yield. Everybody's happy, everything's great, but guess who loses out? The banks. No, I wasn't putting my money in the banks at 0.0001%, right? And I'm still not going to do it either way. All they did, all they, all this did was just force people to learn how to use DeFi better. Because now people have to go and get their own decentralized wallet. You know, I just moved everything to different wallets, hot wallets, right? And now I'm just staking in different areas and I'm getting even higher percentages in some cases than I was on Kraken. So it just forced people, you know, who who didn't have the time or 
for me, the reason why I liked Nexo and Kraken Sticking was convenient. It was simple. It was easy. My coins were there. I pressed the freaking button. Boom, done. And it's not real staking. It's fake staking. But I knew that, and I was happy with it. And I knew I was giving up some yield. That's okay. I didn't mind. I, I traded off that for convenience, right? And I was getting a nice return. And now the SEC, who's supposed to protect me, just took away an ability for me to earn nicely. And I had to spend a half a day, you know, moving stuff around and put it. But that's it. That's what I did, right? And I'm hoping... I'm guessing, actually, you know what? We need to ask people that. I want to, that's a good Johnny, point. I want to kick it back to you. Me and you always talk about this. We always say that banks are afraid of um, XRP specifically because of the on-demand liquidity solution. Well, banks are afraid of stable coins because they offer a better yield on your deposits. It's so simple. Banking industry is going away. We're witnessing it right before our eyes. Everything that crypto can do, sorry, everything that banks can do, crypto can do better and more efficient and with less trust. It's all truth. I love this comment we got here. Banks you need to trust. Blockchain and DeFi are truth. There's no reason for human interaction. So Johnny, before we hear from the other guys, what does that mean to you? And you'll hear that all the time. Yusko always says that when Yusko says we're moving to the truth network, that's what he means. The blockchain is the truth. You know, banks are human trust. You know, we know what you get with humans. You know, you get a lot of lion, rat, snake, or weaseling going on. But when you're talking blockchain, it's not, you know, it's the truth network. And so that's coming. And so, you know, the like I said, and what I think is going to happen here is that this is just a matter of the banks realizing that there it is right there. The banks realize that's a good, that's a good tweet. The banks are realizing like, like what you just said, it was like, oh shit, this is going to, this is going to obsolete us. But we're not going to let ourselves get obsolete. So how are we going to play in this game? And then that's where they pull in all their all their all their buddies, and they slow everything down, and they get their their fingers all wrapped into it. They say, "Hey, Jay Clayton, go to Ripple. We're going to buy Ethereum." Now you're figuring out, right? And then once they get it all done, then it's like, all right, now we cut the ties, we let the balloon fly again, and now we then they make all the money and they control the system. So here's the thing. Here's the prediction I'll make, and I, and I won't go into detail because I don't know, but I will tell you this. What we think of and know as crypto, you know, in 2013, 2017, and today won't be what it will be in the future when they're done. When we get through this fight you stage, it's going to be, in my opinion, it will be some version less to the lesser degree of what it is today. But I think it'll still be out there. And that's really what matters because I think they'll they'll end up creating, you know, the stable coin. There'll be some stable coin. No question about it. Fed now is going to be coming out soon and releasing. It's got to get paid in something. It'll be sometime eventually stable coin. But what a crypto market will look like is I think they'll allow something to create some kind of, you know, what, what did they call it? The 12th, uh, the 12th segment yeah. of the economy abs. 12th sector. 12th sector that they'll let play because there'll be another thing that at the end of the day, they'll be able to make more money on. That's just my two yep. sides. Exactly, wrong. Johnny. And we got another comment from a lead lawyer for Ripple, Stuart Alderati. Gonzo, I wanted to get your comments on this. Over 40 million Americans today currently own cryptocurrency. Most of these are between the ages of 18 and 24, excluding Johnny Crypto. Now, are the demographically, they are racially diverse, but demographically, they are also diverse. So that's a total number of votes. Gary Gensler is becoming a political liability. Gonzo, obviously, I'm joking with my friend Johnny Crypto here, but I'd love to hear what it means to you. 40 million Americans own crypto today. Most of them are millennials or below. What does that mean for Gary Gensler in the impending litigation with the SEC? Yeah, and I think it's something, and I made that comment earlier about like the next presidential election. I think you're going to see this more and more as the gener younger generation gets older and they're able to vote. They're going to execute those votes. Uh, and it's going to make a difference if you're a politician, if you're pro-crypto or you're against crypto, right? And I think that's kind of where we're heading to. Um, I, I, th I think Johnny's right when he talks about like the stablecoin regulation that's coming in. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a version of basically a CBDC and that becomes the trading pair, right? You get the CBDC with other cryptos and then they have that trading pair. So maybe you have Bitcoin with the other cryptos and then whatever their stable coin is or CBDC, that kind of blend of something. And then that becomes the other kind of trading pair. I think that's kind of where we're heading. Salman, I know you had an additional comment here, but this is some news I want to get to for the XRP community. We got some breaking news out of Japan as FuelHash has just launched and is adding XRP as a trading pair in a lending program offering in Japan. So all you have to do is deposit at least 100 XRP, and now you can receive a yield return. Now, the yield return is very small. I believe it's only 1% or 1.5%. But what's good about that is they're not promising high returns. So that leads me to believe that this is a safer product than something that was offering 21% of your XRP, for example. But Selman, I know you had some additional comments. The floor is yours, my friend. 
Yep, I mean, um, on this topic, maybe, you know, obviously XRP is not offering staking, right? So what they're doing is they're taking your XRP, lending it to others, uh, to people that are, you know, shorting XRP, maybe or want to trade XRP. Uh, they're basically, you know, lending it and uh, they're taking a, a certain percentage and giving it back to you. Uh, or maybe there are other uh, lendings. Maybe they're, you know, giving, uh, you know, collateralizing it, uh uh, for to receive a loan, et cetera. So you, definitely it's important to check out if regulations, et cetera, is uh, working. But, you know, it's great, always great to see more exchanges adapting. That means um, uh, in the access to crypto and access to XRP is going to be easier for retail investors and there is going to be more demand, basically. So that's fantastic. But also, you know, um, coming back to the topic, actually, um, can you bring up the, that tweet again um, by the CLO? That was that was interesting. Um, basically, when he said, "No, the the other one." But um, Mark Yasko actually talked about it. you know when um, eighteen to thirty four years old are actually you know the majority of Americans uh, invested in in crypto. You can actually see Yasko talked about that last week. He literally said that the Gen A, you know, the ones that were born a couple years ago and even now, they will. They won't know what a wallet is. They they're gonna you know have everything on the phone. It's gonna be everything's gonna be digital. We know CBDCs are coming. So we like the younger kids are adapting. Imagine uh, Johnny, uh, you know best or apps. Um, he talked about like how the kids are using MetaMask now more than they use I don't know checks or something, right? Yeah. And so the same is gonna happen with the uh, Gen A people. Uh, they will have maybe even MetaMask is going to be old for them. Maybe new technologies will come up in, in the next 10, 15 years and everything's going to be way easier. It's going to be like Apple Pay, super convenient. And so in seeing this right now, it's like insane. So definitely check out when Yasko is here on the show, guys. It's completely educational. As always, you know, we always do that. But Yasko was definitely a, um, a great guest. And um, it, if you missed it, go back and check it out. Highly recommend it. Definitely, Selman. Thank you for the shout out there. And guys, we got 340 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are about to get into the brown breaking story of today. But first, somebody asked us, do we all own the same couch? Yes, we actually live in the same room, guys. So little update from the Good Morning team here. Well, we're going to start this article off with some groundbreaking news as Ripple is claiming they forced the SEC to admit that XRP is considered software code. So the most interesting impact about this lawsuit is the fact that XRP is going to be labeled a digital security, an unregistered security, a digital asset. We're getting a little insight there, so it's pretty exciting. A potential Ripple win against the SEC might be underway after attorney said that the SEC admitted XRP Ripple is software code. The prominent attorney John Deaton is putting his weight behind Ripple and XRP holders in this case, filing an amicus brief next week. Now, Johnny, the most important article here or quote within this article is this. Deaton tweeted, let me quote what we forced the SEC to admit. Strip down XRP is software code. XRP like gold, Bitcoin groves and et cetera can be offered and sold as a security. Whether the Ripple founders violated securities law at some point is irrelevant as to whether XRP could be considered a security today. And that's some positive news for our holders out there. All the lawsuits going on. Finally, some good news, Johnny Crypto. So I have some of my own thoughts, but I'd love to hear from you and Gonzo first. What do you think about XRP being considered software code and Ripple stating the SEC is willing to admit this? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, that's brilliant on their part to get them to come out and admit its code. They're still going to say, though, that, you know, they're still going to try to tie the whole release of the initial um, coin release in 2013 that it was security, though. They're still going to, because of the way it was talked about, the way it was pushed, that's what they're trying to say. And I think the reality is everybody knows today that, that XRP is not a security the way it's being used as currency, right? At Ripple's not even pushing it. There's no argument there. So we just want them to come out and say that. In this case, would be completely over, and Brad would have already, he said he already would have admitted it. So, uh, but I love the fact that, yeah, you know, getting them to, to admit this here. But the reality is, Abs, what is taking the judge so long to make a decision? She's been in the case for two years. She knows the facts probably better than anybody else in this case. Let's get an answer. That's what we really need to get this through us. But again, very brilliant. I think the attorneys on the Ripple side, you want to talk about the Dream Team, <clears throat> they had some serious. Serious big players on their side. I think some of them were even part of the SEC or part of that organization. So 
no surprise there how brilliant they were. Reminds me of this video we showed our listeners early in the episode, Johnny Crypto, of Jeremy Hogan stating that the SEC is on a warpath against the crypto industry in order to prevent retail investors from getting involved. But Gonzo, I want to stick with the article that we're referring to now. The SEC, the biggest thing that's going to come out of this lawsuit is if XRP has some sort of regulation specifically addressing that currency. Best case scenario here would be XRP is considered a security on the initial sales. Everything after is considered an unregistered security. And now we can give the banks the go ahead to use this technology without having to worry about the SEC. Does this news right here impact that whatsoever? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the original argument that we've already known or that we talk about that anything can be considered a security depending on how it's packaged, whether it's oranges, uh, beavers, uh, whiskey, like whatever, whatever, it's the way that it gets packaged that makes it a security, but it doesn't make the underlying asset itself its security. And we've always known that, right? And so what, what, what this goes to is that even if they lose the case and they say that they rolled it out as a security, if they say that the underlying asset is not a security and future sales are not security, like what they did in the library case where they got that clarity, uh, it's a win for us, right? Uh, and, and I think that's what like Deaton talks a lot about is that it doesn't matter what happened when they first rolled it out and whatever the SEC wants to do with Ripple to pay a fine or what have you, as long as secondary sales are not considered securities, it kind of unlocks the potential for all of us. And I think that that's just, it's just kind of reinforcing that same message. I think that they're going to win the case, but even if they lose, it's still a win for us because they can get that clarity and that definition fixed. Absolutely, Johnny Crypto. You're going to like this as well. 75,000 XRP holders are willing to side with Ripple in this battle against the SEC. And they may be present in California over this week as these 75,000 people are being represented by John Deaton. And they are claiming that they purchased XRP not thinking it was a security of Ripple. So more positive news there. What do you think about these articles, man? I'm getting so sick of the redundant news when it comes to Ripple. And I know for all of our listeners who hear me every day, of course, we're going to continue to cover this project on the show. But I want some fundamental news here, man. And it, we, we have a deadline. I believe it's June 30th. There is going to be some sort of a resolution from the judge. So whether it's positive or negative, we are closing in on an end here. So just to open floor, we saw Library do a 3x 24 hours after their resolution. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's, it, yeah, it gets to sound this, like we're beating a dead horse here, the same story every day on this thing. So there's not much more I could say that I haven't already said about it, other than the fact that for me, Abs, the way I'm playing it, and so I'll talk more about that, is I have a, I have a, a, a stable of, of XRP, right? And what I'm doing is I've got an exit plan set up. So guys, you should definitely do that. I've got a certain amount that's already set up on an exchange ready to go that I know I want to sell abs. The rest of it I've got set up in a, in a different area where I'm earning a little, a little, a little bit of um, a yield on it. So that's all you can, you know, that's how I'm playing this. And I'm just kind of waiting and sitting it through to see how this game plays out. But you have to remember that, you know, you want to also continue to not let it fully distract you and not continue to look at what are other good potential opportunities coming in this space. Other things that are out there, technologies or new coins, things like that, that are also going to be ones you want to put in your bag. So just don't let it consume all your time. You can't sit and wait for it. We have no idea when the answer is going to come. <laughs> and to be honest with you, everybody's waiting that we're going to get a conclusion. Which means we're probably not gonna probably gonna get something like, hey, we need to go a little longer, or we need this, yeah. or we need that, or whatever. So, frankly, to be honest with you, I am not getting my hopes up high at all. I've become completely emotionless about it. I don't care. I'll just react when I see an answer on it. Yeah, I think patience is the name of the game, Abs. And then for the new people that are coming into this space, all all it gives you is the opportunity to accumulate. Right? We've been up at forty cents, forty-one cents. We got down over the weekend down to like 36 cents, you know, fractions of a cent between 36 and 37. So we're back to that middle of the range. And all that's doing is just giving you time to accumulate, depending on what your average price is. If the price goes lower than your average price, then for you, it's a good time to accumulate. And like Johnny says, once you have maybe your, your bag that you're going to hold long-term, maybe now it's time to accumulate a bag that you're willing to sell, right? That's a great idea because we're going to get, we know we're going to get price appreciation when, the, when this thing resolves, right? Up or down. Right. If it's bad news, the price is going to crash and I'm going to dollar cost average into that crash. Right. Everybody's going to be different. If it pumps, 
and it goes, you know, to the moon or whatever, not $27 or whatever, but it goes back to a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars Think about that from where we're at right now. If you're accumulating, that's pretty good profit. You can pull that and then you can pull it back into something else, or you can hold on to it and wait for another correction and then go back in. So definitely all it does is just give you more time to kind of invest and kind of accumulate different bags. And so to me, dude, like I'm just being patient. Uh, eventually this thing's going to resolve and we're going to get our answers. Um, I have my plan. If it's bad news right out of the gate and the price crashes, I'm going to DCA even more, right? Cause it's going to bring me down lower. And then I'm going to wait for, we're going to eventually get good news, right? Like I said, they could lose the lot, the, the, the lawsuit, the price could totally crash. And then all of a sudden it comes out that now they're fighting the secondary sales definition, like in library and the price absolutely just goes crazy. Right. And so just be patient. Spot on Gonzo. And I love that to close out our XRP segment here. I'm going to play this clip once more because I know we had some people who weren't previously on the show when we played this. This is BitBoy Crypto and Brad Kimes, a very popular person in our community talking about how big banks are verified to be working with Ripple behind the scenes. Holding some of it, you know, this gets quite interesting too, because if you go into that uh, summary judgment, they have pre-allocated contracts, but we don't know exactly how many and to whom. And there's lots of speculation about who those pre-allocated contracts of XRP could be too. And it gets quite interesting if we get clarity and they can find out what's that? Are some of these contracts possibly aliens? <laughs> well, about nowadays, you never know, Johnny Crypto, but that's going to close us out for our XRP segment for today. I want to bring some positive news for our quant holders, as this is a market update from Quant Network, specifically talking about the price of the token in 2023. They said if 2022 was about raising market awareness for our project, 2023 is about turning that into revenue. We have big plans and some huge announcements coming later, later this year. And anybody who knows is Gilbert Verdi and the CEO of Quant Networks has one of the best resumes in the crypto industry. People talk about David Schwartz. They talk about Charles Hoskinson. This guy worked at the Federal Reserve and developed the Secure Payments Task Force back in 2017 after he actually founded the Quant Network project. So I don't want to throw too much information at our listeners, Johnny, but Quant, chosen currency here, 2023, looking like a great year. What's it mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot to me. I love Quant. I just want to see it moving forward, seeing it progressing. I think that's what's important here is that it continues to to work its way through to get adoption. That's what I want to see through Quant. I'm not expecting, um, yeah, it's never hitting a, a, a million dollars, too many zeros. <laughs> hate to ruin your, hate to pop your bubble, X Factor, but XRP will never be that high. But anyway, nonetheless, it's okay. Um, you know, the reality is abs Quant is certainly one of those things where um, we know we need something that's going to enable cross-communication through all these different blockchains and bring it together. Something has to enable that to happen. And I believe quant is going to be one of those horses that's leading the race. Its nose is in the front right now. Actually, it's probably a whole horse length away here ahead of chain link and all the other few that are out there. So for me, quant is in the lead. And then, you know, again, uh, you got to own for me, I've got to own a couple of those horses in that um, uh, inter race. interoperability race. Um, so for me, that's why I love quant, love what they're doing. And more importantly, I love the connections. Because you know, at the end of the day, I say it all the time, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And obviously, Gilbert has a lot of – Gilbert worked in this space. He knows a lot of people. He knows the problem, you know, unmet need, and he filled it. And so I am super – Super bullish on quant in the next five to 10 years. Love Thank quant. you, Johnny Crypto. And look at the chart. It's also looking optimistic as well. We typically talk about Matic during this bear market, Gonzo. But one of the best performing projects in 2022 was without a doubt, Quant Network. Quant Network reached a low of about $50 and ended up peaking out about $220. That was in the middle of a bear market. So for anybody who isn't informed about this project, I just want to give a couple of bullet points and then we'll move on. There's only 14.6 million of these tokens in existence, and a lot of them were burned on the initial offering. So a lot of people are wondering, why is this moving during the bear market? There's barely any liquidity on exchanges, and the big banks are going to need to use this token in order to use Ethereum smart contracts to communicate with contracts on other blockchains. So anybody who's looking for information there, great project, would definitely recommend looking into it. Gonzo, I totally lost my train of thought, so I'm going to give you the open floor for about 30 seconds while I pull up our next article. Any updates on Quant Network you want to share? Yeah, you know, the whole thing with Quant is like the way I look at it is the network effect, right? They continue to build partnerships. Uh, you know, I try not to pay attention to price action because I feel like 
paying attention to the price action is kind of what messed me up in the first place, waiting for this lower price point that never really came. And it doesn't mean that it can't come, but I really should have just looked at it how I have my total investment thesis, which I should have just dollar cost average the whole way down. I'm boring Johnny. <laughs> Johnny doesn't like my quantity. It's all right, guys. But I anyways, got as long as it, but like, look, as long as it's lower than your dollar cost average, and then it's a good time to buy, right? And that's the way I've been looking at it. I've been buying little pieces at a time. If it comes down lower and it eventually hits like that $80 price point that we've been like looking for, if it comes down that, then I just buy more. In the meantime, I just buy small pieces at a time and I'm just going to keep DCAing um, <clears throat> and then see what happens. Hey, just for the record, Gonzo, you could never bore me. I just didn't get a good night's sleep last night. But nonetheless, I love your brother, but let's keep rolling. Awesome, guys. And I wanted to show this story before we close out our episode today. Gonzo, I think you're going to have some good insight on this. Paxos is prepared to vigorously litigate over the SEC's Wells, Wells notice they received yesterday. The Wells notice accused Binance, or sorry, Paxos, of the BUSD issuer violation protected by securities laws. The stablecoin firm revealed in a statement that it was prepared to viciously litigate or vigorously litigate against the SEC if necessary. But for the time being, they've stopped issuing stablecoins because the FDIC told them they do not have a choice. So Johnny Crypto, is it reassuring that Paxos is willing to battle this out in court while we've got so much so much else going on in the background? Uh, yeah, I know. No, no, this is extremely important. And this is what I was trying to say earlier in the show. It's so important. That, that we get some players that are out there willing to fight the SEC because, you know, it's called then they fight you stage. Well, if there's nobody on the other side fighting, it's not a fight. Then they win. <laughs> That's not what we want. So you need companies like Ripple, Paxos, Coinbase. You know, you need – and the nice thing is all the – well, I don't know much about Paxos, but I know Coinbase has deep pockets. You know, they're a publicly traded company with a lot of money. We know Ripple has a ton of money. And Paxos is a regulated company in the U.S. They're regulated <clears throat> in New York City, so they're kind of like a Coinbase. Yeah, the question is, do you know how deep are their pockets? I don't know, um, Gonzo. Maybe you do. So the question is, yeah, we absolutely need them to keep fighting the good fight. There has to be, you know, people on the other side to say no. We're going to stand up for this. We're going to make this happen, and then that's going to force the regulators eventually to say Congress to say. You know, okay, you know what? Sooner or later, we need to find some happy middle ground here. So let's yeah. hope that uh, that's what we're looking for. And I am super happy their packs will say they're fighting this thing tooth and nail. Now, let's see how long that actually lasts because here's the problem with that situation. The government, the SEC, has endless supply of money because you and I are funding them, right? These other companies don't have an endless supply of money. So the reality is, look. They dragged down the SEC case with Ripple for how many years? Two. Just to clarify, Johnny, the SEC has $2 billion. So if we can drag them out for more than $2 billion, we might get a W. Yeah, something tells me when the SEC comes knocking on Congress's door saying, we need more money, guess what? They're going to get them. Gonna I wanted to get Gonzo's comments on this before we end the show too, Johnny, because I know we talked about this yesterday, but breaking news is, uh, sorry, started there. The largest crypto exchange in the U.S., Coinbase, is only receiving 20,000 visits per week. Well, in the meantime, Binance is receiving over 14 million users signing into their accounts, and that's just on a weekly basis, Gonzo. So our theory is that United States regulation is not only pushing retail investors away from this market, they're pushing exchanges away from this market. A lot of people don't want to put their stuff on an American exchange because there's so much risk involved. If I could custody overseas where I don't have to worry about the SEC, why would I go and put my stuff on Coinbase? So we only have about a minute left in the show, but I wanted to get your thoughts. Finance is receiving 14.5 million weekly visits while Coinbase is only receiving 20,000. Yeah, which, which, which is funny, right? Because they're there to protect us. That's what they tell you. But what they're doing is they're pushing us out into other things that are not regulated, right? Coinbase is regulated. Like we said, Paxos is regulated. So there's more scrutiny when they talk about their different stable coins. Same thing with Circle. It's a regulated company. But they're pushing you to exchanges that are offshore, that are unregulated, right? And people have talked about, like, this is a roundabout way to come after Binance. But the unintended consequence is they're pushing people into Binance. So if there's an actual problem with Binance, and I don't believe there is, they're pushing us towards that. Just like what I just said with the stable coins, right? People are freaking out about what's going on with Circle and now with Paxos. And they're pushing people into USDT which is not regulated in the US, right? Their headquarters in the Bahamas where we had a problem with FTX. So it's hilarious because they're there to protect us, but they're pushing us into these avenues 
that aren't as regulated and that we could have problems in the future. Now, is that on purpose because they want to completely collapse the market and get everybody out or you know what I'm saying? And so we have to see how that plays out, but that's where they're pushing us. That's why I called it cautionary regulation, Johnny Crypto. If they attack these stablecoin projects, that's going to hurt retail investors more than any of these rug pulls really did. But we got 15 seconds. Did you have an additional comment? Yeah, I do. I got to address this one right here. Dang Wang. Be fast, out. my friend. Be fast. He's coming out saying Quant Token is uh, does not offer settlement or value transfer. No, my friend, it does something more important than that. It allows all the coins that do that to talk to each other. And that's why it's more valuable. With that said, Abs, I give the floor back to you. You're the best, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying happy Valentine's Day. And thank you for joining us. We've got 301 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And tomorrow, Coach JV is going to be joining the show. So I'm very excited. We'll close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Let's go.